Recently, I gave a talk to our home-based discalced Carmelite community in which I spoke on the Holy Eucharist, rooting the matter, as is surely necessary, in the dogmas of the Trinity and the Incarnation. Along the way, I happened to say that although each one who comes to communion receives the sacrament, taking Christ into himself, the deeper reality is that Christ, by means of communion, actually takes us into himself. I want to speak about both of these aspects of the Eucharistic communion as we reflect in this 40 hours. When we commune with the Lord sacramentally, we take in the totality of his incarnate person, his entire physical flesh, his blood, his mind, his will, his heart, all that conjoined to the one person of the Son of God. The sheer colossal size of this sacrament cannot be estimated. To a very real degree, we do not know all that we are receiving in Holy Communion. Merely to reflect on the totality of our Lord's physical makeup in all its parts is one thing, awesome enough to think about. The attachment of divinity to our Lord's physicality means that the supreme being, infinite, incalculable beyond thought or words, becomes our possession. How this is made possible is not entirely understood, necessarily so, but we know that the Almighty God is taken into us through the species, the sacramental signs, the bread and wine look-alikes, so that the infinite God squeezes himself, so to speak, into those elements, hiding his divine treasure within them, so that divinity becomes comestible, eatable, drinkable. When we receive Holy Communion worthily then, that is to say, without mortal sin, God himself is our possession. This is something we ought to marvel about. God Almighty, whom the world cannot contain within itself, is contained in us when we communicate. The parallel example would be the Blessed Virgin carrying the divine child in her womb. As one of the hymns says, the God whom earth, heaven, sea, and sky praise, adored, and proclaim is enclosed in the cloister of Mary's body. God shrunk himself, so to speak, to fit into the chaste womb of the Virgin Mary 
to dwell there for his first nine months of human life. And in Mary's case, her immaculate body contributed itself to Jesus so that he could receive from it her flesh and blood in gestation and be internally fed by her. On her side, she took in God himself, who had already dominated her mind and her will, and he took possession of her in his first earthly home. When the moment happened that he took flesh from her, divinity, God, was welded, wedded, substantially united to humanity. And so Mary now possessed God physically, and God thence possessed her physically, as he had already possessed her in her soul. Our Lady gave all of herself to God, and God gave all of himself to her. The exchange was complete. Now, in receiving Holy Communion, we do not receive anything less than did the Holy Mother of God. The infinite immensity of God fills our souls and he takes up residence there, limited only by whatever limitations we place upon him. The greater our submission, the larger our love, the deeper our humility, God will come to us in proportion to these dispositions. Oh, had I but Mary's sinless heart with which to love thee, dearest King. So go words of a famous hymn. If we could only imitate Mary's virtues upon receiving communion, we would be giants of holiness, inundated by a fullness of grace. As we say, the Holy Eucharist contains within itself all sweetness, all sweetness, omne delectamentum. When we welcome the Lord with generous, unconstricted hearts, we taste this sweetness, this fullness. If we close off our affections, distract our minds, we receive in proportion so much less. And of course, if we receive him in a state of mortal sin, the Eucharist is for us a real poison, deadly, and it's an affront to the Lord. Now, everything I've said thus far is Holy Communion looked at from our perspective, our side in receiving. Now I want to say something about the other view, God's side. God drawing us into himself. 
in a worthy Holy Communion. I'd like us to get the mental picture here, not of our consuming God in communion, but of Him consuming us. It's a rather startling thing to think about, but it reflects the reality of what happens. If you think that the whole mission of Christ to become man was to draw humanity into divinity, into a complete circle. He came into us, in our humanity, so we could return to Him in heaven. And there, God will take us into Himself in a union that's unutterably blissful, ecstatic, and permanent without losing our individualities in the process. How that will happen, we can't say entirely, but it's a surety, and it's the one thing worth living for. And so, while we have some notion of what we get in coming to communion, God himself, I ask the question, what is God getting out of communion with us? What's in it for Him? I look to our Blessed Mother again to gain some insight. When the Blessed Trinity swept up the Virgin Mary into Himself, first on this earth and then, of course, when she came to heaven, God had for Himself a delightful communion, having all sweetness within it. Mary was the only one out of everything God made who was worthy of this fusion with divinity. Mary was a kind of delectable food for God. Of course, I'm speaking only by way of analogy. And she now resides with the Lord and in the Lord for all eternity. And so now we come to consider ourselves. We know what we receive in communion, but what does God receive by communion? I fear to think about it. In the apocalypse, God says to the early Christian communities, I spew you out of my mouth because you are tepid, neither hot nor cold. This is God's complaint to half-hearted Christians. But He, in His mercy, gives us time to adjust ourselves to His palate, to make ourselves a people acceptable to Him, this is indeed a life's work of perfecting ourselves in grace and holiness. Unlike Mary, we are not born or rather conceived in this way, but we must put ourselves to the task of conformity to God by devout living and certainly by keeping away from the sins that make us not merely tepid but even loathsome and repulsive to God. 
When will we ever become a delightful morsel for God to enjoy? We don't have to put this off entirely to the next life after purgatory. We ought to begin it here and now. Our Lord in the tabernacle is a food for our souls. We come to receive him bodily when we're able and to drink him into ourselves when we adore the host. And he, from his side, looks upon us to be a kind of food, to be the satisfaction of his heart, so that, in his own words, he might take delight in the sons of men. And so I'd like you today to consider this two-way nourishment that the Incarnation and the Eucharist make possible. God being for us, and in this way, we pledging ourselves to become greater consumers of this bread, and then we, for God, making a great feast and a good pleasure for him. Only by means of the Holy Eucharist is this double exchange, this two-way communion possible. And it happens only in the Catholic Church. Blessed be Jesus and the most holy sacrament of the altar.